Hello, and welcome to another episode of Myths and Stories, a Destiny 2 lore podcast. Uh, today, we are back from Thanksgiving. Yay! Yay! And, <laughs> and we are continuing our history of the Elixni. Um, we're very much in like the current... Uh, the current history is what I would like to think of it as, because we ended last time uh, with the prison break uh, from the prison of elders, which was uh, essentially the the opening to Forsaken, uh, the Forsaken expansion, uh, with Varix finally kind of coming to terms with 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 the idea that he he's he's the one to re kind of reignite the elixir fire to kind of re get back to the to the way it, things should be or the way that he thinks that things should be or the way that things should have been uh like they were back on reese and so he rises up as saying he sends his message out i am kel of house judgment this is it this is the this is the official elixir go call call to arms if you want to think of it that way um so yeah that's 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 where we ended last time uh and so uh myth where are we jumping into are we jumping right into i mean i don't feel like we need to do the entire forsaken story <laughs> <laughs> no i i don't think so um a big portion of the forsaken story was covered in our awoken series uh because this it was true. primarily dealing with uh, Aldrin and Fickroll, um, and kind of our guardian, uh, reacting to what they did and what they were trying to do. Uh, and that was all very much awoken. It wasn't really anything Elixney tying. Uh, so not going to cover the story of Forsaken again here. Uh, if you want it, it's in that Elixney series or excuse me, in that awoken series. Um, we are going to focus more on what happened uh, a little bit after the end of the Forsaken campaign, uh, which was the Black Armory season. Um, such such a good season. It really was. It really was. The the Black Armory season had a lot of that mystery to it. Like it it had a lot yeah. of that like yeah like what is this thing? What does this mean? What does this do? Like what the heck is that over there? Why can I see symbols through gun scopes? Like what is what is all this stuff being like? Black Army was Armory was a fantastic season. Just out out all all together. Love Black Armory. Okay, go oh, ahead, yeah. Myth. Sorry, no. didn't mean to jump up jump jump up here and be like, oh, Black <laughs> Armory, let's go. But that's kind of how I felt. No, it, it was a good one. Uh, and it actually had a lot more Elixney tie-in than what I think a lot of people remember or uh, yeah. realize if, if they weren't there to, to play it when it was happening. Um, so we're going to discuss that, and then we're going to uh, talk about a character that everyone should be very familiar with at this point, and that is Aramis. Um, Who? But, so starting off with Black Armory... <laughs> This comes myth, off myth. Myth might shoot me for that. Who? <laughs> <laughs> Just you know, if you ignore it, it didn't happen. Uh, exactly. So starting off with Black Armory, this is uh, off the cusp of the um, end of Forsaken, and I I guess spoilers. I uh, at the end of Forsaken, Aldrin dies. And not only is this uh, a big 
important moment for our guardian, for the Awoken people, for uh, Petra and the Dreaming City. It's also a really big moment for the Elixni because Aldrin had been acting uh, until immediately before Forsaken had been acting as kind of the Kel of the House of Dusk. And although he, uh, you know, killed a, a decent amount of the House of Dusk, those that were previously part of the House of Kings, to turn them into scorn, uh, he's now, like, Dusk truly has no leader now. So this this ragtag group of Elixni houses that had finally come together because they had, you know, out of sheer survival and had started to build a true united relationship. Like they were forgetting uh, about their old rivalries, as we talked about, where uh, there was a group that were captured by the Vex and they were told like, yeah, fight each other and whoever wins will let go. And they, they refused to do so. So there, there was, there were some, some family bonds forming there amongst house dusk but unfortunately uh you know with the the docking and unknown fate of the former kell of kings at the hands of aldrin and then aldrin uh you know kind of wiping his hands of the rest of dusk uh they find themselves in a very precarious situation again a lot of the elixni around the you know across the system no longer have a house or no longer have a, a leader for their house, uh, a situation they are all too familiar with. Cause, cause dusk was, was very much like, it was supposed to be that, um, what, what would you call it? Like a, like a uniting house, right? Like that yeah. was, cause, it, cause if I remember correctly, Kings, uh, their whole, their whole thing, the house of Kings was to be like the, the uniter of all the houses, Yeah, which is, Kind of a kind of an odd thought, right? Like you have a specific a house that's as itself is just a house that is now that's its whole purpose is de- and devotion is to uniting all of the elixir people, which is kind of counterintuitive to having individual houses. But with dusk came the new like that dusk was supposed to be in the in the Kell of Kings um, eyes. Dusk House Dusk was supposed to be that new like unified house like all Elixni should have fallen under House Dusk. Yes. But then when Aldrin comes in and he's like, "Hey," or well, obviously they they bring him in beaten and bruised and they're like, "Hey, we could use you." And in his mind, he's like, "I could use you too." Um obviously that kind of like that whole thing just kind of went to went to shit real quick. Um because do we do we know the actual you 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 said the the unknown fate of the Kell of Kings, it did was that like kind of the end of him like he gets docked and then that's that's it like he's just is he just some random scorn now? Say so that's the last that I have seen him come up. Uh, they don't explicitly say whether he gets turned into a scorn or whether they just leave him to be you know a humiliated dreg essentially. Uh, oh sure. What happens? But um, I know Varix, at the very least, uh, we saw he received word of what had happened to the Kell of Kings, and he he essentially at that point just kind of assumed he was dead. He was okay. Yeah. Clearly, you know that Kell is no longer going to be someone that I can rely on to to bring the Elixni, you know, into a a better place. Because and because like we said at kind of the end of the last episode, Varric saw him as like the last like 
recognizable Kel of the old ways. Yeah. Like yeah. he's the only one that would see Varix as anything as something other than just a traitor to Mara or what or a traitor to House Wolves you know, servant to Mara or whatever. Like that's to see the for Varix for the Kel of Kings to to go away, whether it be to return him as a to to just dock him down to a drag or kill him and return him to scorn or whatever, just kill him outright. That's that's the that's the end of an era, and that's yeah. that was the whole reason that that Varix was like, okay, well, I've got to stand up, and if nobody else is going to do this, I've got to do this to at least keep keep my name relevant. Yeah. So uh, the Elixni again are in a very bad spot, and our you know Dusk is still holding together, uh, and is still holding together even in game right now, but it, it's in the same way that House of Exile was before where there really isn't a leader. It's kind of just little, you know, the pockets of dusk that happen to have already been working together are still working together to try and stay alive. Um, And it would be very enticing for a leader to come forward in some fashion to provide some sense of stability. And we see a lot of the members of dusk migrating to spider for that uh and we see some members of dusk starting to migrate to a new group at this time uh that is called the kells scourge and it is a group that is uh very much kind of a elixney anarchist group and their their whole point is to sow chaos amongst the system essentially like has the has the mindset of uh you know if we're going down we're taking everyone else with us kind of yeah thing. i love chaos i love i love a good chaos <laughs> these these might be my people yeah well they are led by a uh a elixney that was not known really at the time but we've actually learned more about recently uh and this is an elixir by the name of civics uh, those that don't don't remember, Civics was the other uh, kind of adopted brother of Mithrax that was oh, kicked yeah. off the ship with Spider, known as Rackus. Uh, so then he so then he survived then because we we were did. trying to figure out what the hell happened to him because I mean when Spider comes back he's he's just himself like Civics is nowhere to be seen or or heard of mm-hmm. or anything but this is. This is where he ends up. Holy cow. Yep, this is where he ends up. Uh, He had been in the prison of elders before. He had been captured for, you know, we don't know what, but captured and imprisoned. And then when Varix did the big prison break, he let everybody out, including Civics. And Civics was able to escape, and he started kind of this criminal underground, uh, which ends up being a... You know, a much it's it's you know, if if Spider is the mafia, you know, they're criminal, but there are there's a code, there's rules within their organization, you know, there's there's still a hierarchy. And where Civics is still the leader of this group, it, it is it is a group of anarchists. It is a group of, you know, guerrilla fighters and and I guess you could say terrorists. Um, 
even amongst the Elixni. They they don't necessarily get along with the other Elixni groups. Uh, and in fact, the the Kells Scourge is considered a direct competitor to Spider's Ventures. And that, that's actually how we start the season out in the Black Armory season is Spider coming to us and say calling in a favor, essentially, and saying like, hey, there's another group out there that is stealing my shipments and is dealing, you know, is messing up my business. I'm calling in a favor for you to go figure out who they are and what they want. Yeah. And so we go through, we track down evidence of this group called the Kells Scourge. Uh, and the, the description we get of the Kells Scourge uh, actually comes to us from the quest description of the Scourge of the Armory uh, quest chain, which is the the one that Spider gives us. And it says, Civix's Syndicate, the Kells Scourge, is fearless and growing fast. The Fallen are distributing his tainted Black Armory gear everywhere. And then track the origin of the tainted gear by investigating Fallen in the EDZ. Uh, as the quest suggests we track this information to um to the edz and we find little hideouts essentially little caches of this black armory tech and our guardian when we discover this is is like these are not weapons we have seen before this is not technology that we that we have seen where did this come from and we trace that shipment that we find back to its source that source being the gofanon forge on nessus which is apparently where civics ended up and happened upon this derelict black armory forge uh, and was able to get it up and running enough that he could use it to enhance elixney weaponry and started a, essentially an arms market he became an arms dealer. So, so the, the enhancement stuff is that basically like the, and I'm 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 kind of like playing through the 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 missions in my head, mm -hmm. um, and and the effects that happen at the time. Do you remember that like shimmer effect that you could get on those on those guns back then? Yeah, and I'm trying to remember what they called that. I I, I can't remember it because they even removed it. Like they removed they removed that from game, and then they sunset all the weapons. So I can't. I want to say it was called obsidian resonance or something uh, yeah resonance sticks in my head but it's it's difficult because the resonance on the black armory is different than resonance in reference to right. most recently with like rulk and whatnot right um so i don't know if i'm just getting my terms confused or or what that, that could be it that could just be cross cross connecting in my brain too you know you know me in terms like <laughs> if it's if it even remotely sounds like something else they are all the same thing and that's what my brain does so yeah. No, I it, I I remember I remember the uh these these missions a little bit. Um and like the forges, I mean we we have a whole series on Ada 1 and, and the Black Armory, so definitely if you want more information on those, go check those out. Uh but these forges are powerful. Like they they were at 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 the time that they were abandoned, which was pre-Golden Age, or I guess that they were abandoned during the collapse. Yeah. Uh they were they were as powerful as like Braytech. Like they were they were direct competitors to Braytech, to Rasputin, to Siva, to everything that 
I mean, they even had they even had a Braytech member working for them, uh, uh, or yeah. a, an ex Braytech member working for them to help get this technology up and running. So these forges were very very powerful, and for a an Elixni that is. I mean, chaos. Yeah. Like this is, this is the ultimate source of power in the soul system to him to have just this, this derelict forge at his whim and will. And, and yeah. Yeah. For, for a group looking to make the biggest explosion they can, they found quite the powder keg with the black armory forges. I, and so we discovered this forge. We report back to spider about what our findings are and and who is uh, kind of the head of this organization. Because we do see civics when we discover the forge, albeit very briefly, he runs from us. Uh, And Spider essentially writes off his his once brother at this point and says, you know, it's bad for business. That like that, that's all Spider needs to know at that point. He's bad for business. He, you know, he has no interest in being an ally to me. It it's implying that there was some history there about that probably led to their separation in the first place. Uh, and, and tasks us with, uh, essentially gives us a membership card and says, go talk to this person about these forges. And that is our introduction to Ada one. Originally our introduction to Ada one, who is the, legacy of the black armory yeah i i mean she she was again to kind of call back to our black armory stuff she was built as a walking forge yes yep and knows all the secrets of or is is the only person still alive that knows any of the secrets of the black armory and how those things operate and and is very disturbed by the thought that there is an elixni group that is using them to create weapons to then distribute amongst uh you know the various cells of elixni across the the solar system and so she tasks us with you know putting a stop to things like and not just putting a stop to things but getting the forges operating again under her control so that you know she now has the ability to dictate how they're used and who they're used for and and to make guns like Yoden. and to make guns like Yoden. because uh, <laughs> that's that's what we need is more Yotans. more Yotans. more toasters more uh, toasters so the player guardian does just that we track civics uh we we gained control over the GoFan and Forge, um, and this forces Civics to flee as we start gaining more and more Forges. Starting with the Nessus one, or excuse me, starting with the EDZ one, uh, and then going to Nessus, and then going to I think the other one was on IO. I forget exactly where where all of them that were. seems familiar. Um, For some reason, I'm remembering two on Nessus. Maybe there were two on Nessus. There were two on Nessus. There was the the because there was two in the EDZ and two on Nessus. The the other one in Nessus was uh, it had the the harpy, and you had to jump between the uh, Izanagi. Yep. Izanagi was was that one, um, uh, or not Izanagi? Izanami. Izanami, yeah. But Izanagi's burden came from it, yeah. 
but so there's Izanami and Gofanon on Nessus, and then um, I can't remember the name of the first forge. The Vondir Forge. That's what it was. That's what it yeah. was. So we had the Vondir Forge, the Izanami Forge, the Gofanon Forge, and the other one that we'll talk about here shortly. Yeah, uh, I'm super excited about the other one. <laughs> so regardless, our player guardian tracks down where these forges are with the help of Ada and uh, removes them from the playing field for civics. We, we uh, take control of them and prevent him from you know creating further weaponry with them. But as we're going through this, we never come across civics himself again, right? Or at least not while we're clearing out these different forges. No, it's always in passing. It's like the story mission when you get there has him there briefly and then he runs the fuck away. Uh, of course he does. We're scary. <laughs> I mean, we're what? The second most powerful thing in the universe? Right. Like, may, maybe don't have a shootout with that one. Yeah. Uh, so we, we keep driving him away, driving him away, and driving him into a corner. But he's been gathering information this whole time. You know, he he's starting to learn about the technology of the forges. He started to uncover some of the uh, where these forges connected to or where they came from. And so what we end up doing is as we're chasing him, we uh, drive civics to, to have to make a choice of like either give up on this altogether or double down and go for the big one. And so he and the rest of the, the, the Kells scourge flee their various hideouts across the solar system and proceed to infiltrate the Batsa district in the last city. Now, the Batsa district uh, was still abandoned and in ruins at this time uh, because it had not been rebuilt after the Red War. And they fled to the Batsa district specifically because civics believed that the Black Armory vault called Ibisu existed there. And lo and behold, he was right. He and the Kells Scourge unearthed this vault and uh, uncovered new, uh, essentially like military mech technology that had been developed or was in development by the Black Armory um, within this vault. And this is the technology that he used to graft the Kells Scourge servitor into a war machine. Now, we learn that he's in the city. Even if it's an abandoned and derelict district of the city, he's in the city. The Vanguard are not going to be okay with that. No, you're not just you're not just going to have a high a VIP highly wanted guy just walking around the last city like it's no. nothing. Like that's not going to happen. So, the Vanguard send in a raid team to deal with this most recent incursion of at the time, you know, Elixni and Guardians are not really on speaking terms. So, this incursion of hostile fallen in the Batsa district. And so the raid team lands, and this is the raid that players know as Scourge of the Past. God, I, such, a, such a good one. Re really was I, a, a fun one. 
I, I truly enjoyed some of the some of the mechanics in that where it was like, hey, you've got to match up these symbols. There there was like the first encounter, there was a little three D map of the city that you could see where the other players were on the map and you had to direct them around to go pick stuff up, to go dunk them in other spots. Like it and then when you get to the final encounter, it's the same way. Like there's this map of the arena and you're like directing people around it. It such a such a fun one. Uh it what really was that the was. first one? Was that the first one we uh, we flawless? If if not the first, it was pretty pretty high up there. I th- I think that was the first the first raid that our team uh, flawless. I think it was definitely. If it wasn't, it was like I said, it was first or second. One, but one of one of our fire team members had a very fun experience with sparrows in there, and he will <laughs> never ever live it down. Nope. Nope. For anyone not aware, sparrows blow up when they're shot by enemies, and blowing up on a sparrow is not great for a flawless run. Not, not good for flawless <laughs> at all. Uh, and this was outside of the sparrow race section of that raid. For anyone that's familiar, so yeah. But uh, so we we progressed through through this raid, uh, trying to get to civics before you know before he can use whatever is potentially in this vault. Um, and before, like upon news that we arrived, civics pieced out, Like he didn't even wait to see. He's really that concerned. He's really that concerned with faceness. He is described, uh, by spider many times as a coward. And I think this is him living up to that, living up to that label. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and so we we fight through and we find this war mech uh, and destroy it as we do and free the Batsa district from the, the Kells Scourge. And uh, fun little fact, the Batsa district is actually now known as the Elixni Quarter in game. And yeah. you can see the remnants of this war mech uh, sitting crumpled in a corner in what we recently turned into the Elixni Quarter Town Square. Yeah. Um, so I like I like the little town square area that it is now. It it feels like a yeah. like a true like meeting spot. Like there's a little pedestal with a little book and it's like it, there's there's I don't know why there's one Elixni just like asleep on a bench there. I, <laughs> I mean there's perfectly good cots like like over there. But whatever. They built their symbol of uh, of communication and peaceful resolution on the literal bones of uh, an old weapon used used as uh, you know to be an aggressor. So uh, some some symbolism there. Yeah. Um, but civics didn't didn't leave the Batsa district uh, empty-handed. He had through his findings in the vault uh, with this, this Black Armory tech, he had also found the notes of one of the Black Armory founders, Henrietta Marin. And through those notes, he discovered that there was an even greater prize out there that he did not know about. And so... He decodes these notes, which we, as the the players at the time, were able to collect by doing the the various forge activities, um, and kind of reassemble and and read after the fact. 
Uh, but he used these notes to uncover the secret location of the Bergusia Forge in the EDZ, uh, which was also the location of the Niobe Labs. Uh, Niobe Labs being the primary location where all of the Black Armory founders would uh, kind of lived for a time, but also developed everything and experimented with their most uh, high-end technology. Um, Ada One being one of those. That was like their main um, research and development area, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, you know, to civics, th- this is a treasure trove. He's, well, I, I lost the vault, but now I have access to this this experimental Black Armory place. And uh, so he break, attempts to break into Niobe Labs. Uh, doesn't get access to the lab's information, but does get access to Bergusia Forge. And the Guardian shows up uh, at that forge after seeing that it's been activated. Uh, and I believe Ada kind of learns of its location based on the info we get Uh from doing the raid as well as seeing it like fire up on it within her systems. Uh, we get to Bergusia. We put a stop to civics finally once and for all, uh, since he has nowhere left to run. Um, and we have, we essentially dissolve the Kells scourge. Chaos, chaos can only rule for so long. Like, yeah, that's just the nature of chaos. It's, it, it's not, it's fun while it lasted, but then it's, it's quickly fleeting. Yeah. However, the remnants of Kel's scourge are still felt today in game because the Kel's scourge scientists, I guess, uh, continued to use the knowledge they had learned from the Black Armory to create a kind of production line versions of this big war mech that they had had with the servitor, which we now know in game as Briggs. And they have either joined up the various Elixney factions or uh, sold their designs off to other factions. Um, And that is, that is why Briggs are now somewhat prevalent is because they learned how to make them through the black armory and uh and their expertise is being used by the various houses that that exist i i always thought they were just like a cute little like nod to scourge of the past and bungie was just like hey look you used to fight this as a raid boss now it's everywhere but there's actual lore in there for it like the reason why we see more of these things that's super cool that's that's really cool i like that so that kind of that that essentially ends our dealings with uh, the Elixni during the Black Armory uh, time period, and really during post Forsaken altogether. Uh, yeah, there wasn't any other major event that uh, was directly re- related to them um, until Beyond Light. So before we jump to there, I'm going to take a roll call on houses again because I like doing this every so often. Okay. Uh, it, what what houses do we have left at this point? Judgment, house house light. Mithrax did Mithrax did create house light. Uh, 
at 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 the tomb of Shirido. I do remember that. We have the self-proclaimed House of Judgment, which has one person, as far as we know. <laughs> we have the self-proclaimed House of Light, which has one person, has as far as we know. Person. What? What? <laughs> And the only other house we know of at this time before Beyond Light is House of Dusk, which is just the rest of the Elixni trying to survive, essentially. That's that's crazy. So you have two lone Elixnis, and then you have Spider. Like, but Spider doesn't have a house. He doesn't claim a house, does he? Not he's as just, far as I he's know. He's just Spider. He's just Spider. He's just the Mafia, essentially. Right. Because like anywhere where you used to see, and I, I knew it was really prevalent around like the Tangled Shore, um, but he has like his own little, um, what do you call that? His graffiti symbol. Yeah. Um, yeah. He has his own emblem. Right. Right. But it's just it's just spider. It's there's no, it's not like house spider or house merchandising yeah, they, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't have banners or anything. I. I I don't think it's ever referred to as house spider or anything like I want that. It, I so. want it to be house merchandising now so bad. <laughs> <laughs> what what house are you from, kind kind Drig? I'm from merchandising. <laughs> oh, I just I get this wonderful picture of this movie called Spaceballs. Yeah. Of like we have Spider the flamethrower. <laughs> That's literally what it is. Uh, we have Spider the lunchbox. Spider the action figure. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> oh. That's 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 canon now. Yep. You know that's canon now, oh. and that's that's a real thing. I want I want a spider lunchbox and a spider flamethrower. Oh, that's someday. Chris someday. Christmas list created. <laughs> But so, uh, yeah, no, no real major Elixni, um presence or or really anything other than just survival um, up until Beyond Light. And so the next thing we're going to talk about is the character Aramis. And to start our discussion about Aramis, we're going to roll back the timeline just a little bit um, back to the Prison of Elders uh, before the prison break. Because Aramis has actually been in the prison of elders for a significant amount of time. Uh, and that's why she wasn't really out and about in the game prior to Beyond Light very much. Because the, the only interaction we... we um, well, I guess it wasn't even an interaction. Uh, as far as like the history of the Elixni, we've talked about her once. And that was during the, 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 the long, long drift. drift. Yep. Uh, when she hands... Uh, Spider and Civics over to uh, Mithrax's mom as like a like here, this is our tribute. See you, see you later, and then that's it. Like that's that's the last she's kind of ever heard of th- throughout history. Yeah. Now we do have a little bit of information about Aramis, um, and this actually comes to us. We get some of it from just various dialogues that happen throughout the different missions um, this season and during Beyond Light. Uh, but I believe this particular kind of paragraph um, comes to us from uh, a, another Game Informer article that was written uh, around the time, you know, as as a, a a piece about Beyond Light uh, pre-release to the expansion. And in that, 
uh, they give us a little bit of information about Aramis, you know, like kind of a meet the villain sort of thing. And so the early history of Aramis says that Aramis was born on Rhys during the era of peace and prosperity brought about when the great machine uplifted the Elixni civilization. During this time, she and her mate, Athras, had many hatchlings together, and she was a friend of Varric's. However, the whirlwind happened, essentially. This great cataclysmic event, uh, the Elixni's version of, of the collapse, uh, happened, and Aramis was one of the few Elixni who apparently witnessed the Traveler abandoning her people, uh, leaving Reese to its destruction. Aramis survived the whirlwind uh, and was consumed with a great rage towards the Traveler. Uh, and she started a new life as a member of the House of Devils. Uh, she elevated herself to the position of Baroness within the house and earned the moniker of Ship Stealer. She would later be, she would later lead the fallen charge against Guardians of the Last City during the Battle of Twilight Gap slaughtering hundreds of light bearers to their final deaths. So Aramis was kind of the main military commander of the house of devils, uh, at least Holy during the, the time of, and, of the twilight gap. And again, during twilight gap house devils, they were like, that was the military might there. That yeah. was the primary attacking force. They, they were point there were, at least right there were other there were other houses at twilight gap but they were house devils was the primary up front and had all the walker tanks and everything so she has had a great dislike for the traveler and humanity for quite some time um and apparently sometime during the wolf rebellion uh during the house of wolves expansion in d1 she was captured and incarcerated in the prison of elders and has essentially been there ever since. So with that in mind, we're going to start with a reading uh, from the lore book called the once ship stealer. It's going to give us a little bit of information about Aramis as she's in the prison leading up to uh, kind of the, the big prison break from Varric's uh, releasing everybody that we discussed last episode and where she goes from there. So this first one is a chapter titled The Prisoner, and it goes like this. In the depths of the prison of elders, Aramis is the kell of no house. Outside, she is the firebrand of house devils, the arched fiend of twilight gap the ship stealer but here she has no house here she reigns all on her own in the arena where lixney runts and leaderless cabal challenge her she rules with a broken arc spear for a scepter it's the strongest weapon they'll give her and she bends it to her will no matter how many times the ether fat guards try to send her to death in that arena she triumphs. She kills their champions, watches the ether hiss from their masks, watches the gel leak out of their suits. She begins to cherish the smell of a good fight. Blood, sweat, ether, fear. 
She imagines that one day a banner will be emblazoned with a broken spear and an inverted crown. House of Anarchy, House of Riot, House of Aramis, House of Nothing. When there is only one Kel, there's no need for houses. Today she fights a centurion of the broken Red Legion. Money changes hands. His pauldrons are scuffed with the memory of battle, and he's given a warhammer. He raises it to the cheers and peacocks for the crowd. Aramis tosses her broken spear between her hands, waiting. Two glowing pinpoint eyes focus on her as the centurion turns. He swings the hammer at her and she rolls out of the way. He swings it again, but she's behind him now and out of his sight line. Like a creature searching for a fly on its back, he struggles to find her. She jams the sparking head of the spear into a notch in his armor and uses the leverage to vault herself onto his shoulder. He rages like a Nirse beast, all fury and stupidity, and nearly throws her from his shoulders. She tries to pull her spear free, but his giant hand knocks her senseless for a moment. The spear releases at the last minute. She grabs the top. An arc energy bites her palm as she jams the tip of the blade under the edge of his helmet and into his neck. He screams. And before he falls, she leaps off and lands on her feet. The crowd never cheers for her. Instead, they whisper. No prison will hold Aramis Kell, they say. Aramis Kell is a devil greater than the devils themselves. Aramis Kell does not know how to lose. And that's the end of that chapter. Dude, she's she's brutal. She is Oh yeah. freaking brutal. Like I mean and and to 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 come from a period from this golden age Reese to see the traveler flee, to go through all that stuff, to, to, to go through the long haul, to, to have to make these deals with different pirate crews just to survive, to be as ruthless as pirates are to then lead the charge into twilight gap and fail to, to be with house devils and fail like to still even be alive is kind of a triumph in it in its own right and now as like the the gladiator of the arena but the gladiator that like nobody really wants to cheer on like they she has no bravado she has no gusto she's just she's there she's efficient and she wins full stop there's no there's no like flashy show about it there's no like you know like oh i'm i'm big bad cabal let's go crowd Woo! no it's there's the enemy kill it move on she it's it's a very I, I i don't know what to call it it's it's a very calculated experience right like it just yeah. just live yep. no 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 bravado just live it's very cold very clinical very yeah um, yeah stab here be done with it yep uh, yep so um and i i should have prefaced this with the first one i i am on the tail end of being sick so apologies if my voice is uh, a little wonky um I, I may or may not do some of the normal things i do because of that but uh yeah that's that's <laughs> still, why if still, you hear anything 
still some of the best uh voice acting <laughs> this 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 side of twilight gap yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but no, so we're going to continue on with chapter two of this book, which is called The Wolf. And here we see Aramis uh, meet a character from Beyond Light for the first time. And we see how their kind of uh, camaraderie starts. So this one goes like this. The neighboring cell holds a wolf. She ignores him at first. He's too greedy for her acknowledgement. Sometimes he reminds her of the needy dregs that followed her old kel like carrion birds, squawking for attention and squabbling over kills. What the Elixni have lost, more than anything else, is dignity. Eventually, the wolf learns to intrigue her. He calls himself Paraxis, and he has ideas. But he's young. He thinks every idea he conceives of is the first and the best of its kind. She suspects he's never had to report directly to a Kel. He likes to talk about machines, building them and bending them to his will. He has a mad idea about recapturing the great machine, binding it in arc wire and making it give them its power. He's been listening to the stories about Gaul. She lets him talk, and she asks him questions. Every question is a whetstone. Every conversation is a test, and will only take one failure to lose her interest. The great machine made the elixni great, she says, until it left us. When it did, we were weaker than when it arrived. Why do you seek its touch again? To return us to that strength, he says. His voice is muffled through the wall between them, but the arrogance comes through clear. How can you build strength on a foundation of weakness, she asks. Each word is a needle. Each word should sting him with revelation and he remains silent. Did the elixni make, or did the great machine make the elixni strong, or did it draw out strength that was already within us, she asks. Again, silence. She tilts her head back, looking at the dark ceiling of her cell. Reliance is the greatest weakness. Remember that. You are playing with a child's stacking spheres. He's silent so long, she begins to wonder if he was even worth her time. And then, he says, Then I will create new spheres. And she closes her eyes and smiles. That's the end of that chapter. I I like this one. This is this is very much like a like like what you see in a typical Hollywood movie of like you know jailer meets jailer um, or pri- prisoner meets prisoner rather and and they 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 each each one is kind of testing the other. Like I don't feel like Praxis really has much to bring to this um, this relationship between uh, Aramis and Praxis, uh, but he he. 
he reminds me very much of like an engineer. They 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 want to find the most complicated answer <laughs> just to just to show off their skill as an engineer. Um, whereas like the simplest answer would probably be the most efficient. Um, but he, he still he still wants to 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 prove himself for sure. Um, and and I mean the the questioning here is very interesting. Like to for Aramis to think of the great machine is just like this. Like hey, we were weak. We were greater before it came to us, and then when it left us, we were even. We were so much weaker than that previous time. So like, what was the purpose of it? So I can I can I'm starting to see more of her um her hatred her rage towards the great machine through this one of like cuz and we talked about this before of like you know when when spider came to power that was like one avenue for the for the elixir people to go through and then there was like the house of dusk that was another avenue for people to kind of go through and it, it it's 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 interesting to me to see Aramis as this like to hell with the great machine. I don't want anything to do with it. I want it killed and destroyed more than anything. It seems, and it's 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 very much that that rage that 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 you talked about that she just she just doesn't want any part of it. Yeah, and I, I think it's also her. Uh, I, I think what she is angry at the most, other than just the you know the traveler itself, is that her people are still so reliant on it. Even yeah. just the idea of it is what's driving so many of them. And she, she talks about like reliance is the biggest weakness, like, and, and is implying is trying to get, uh, the point that like, we should not be looking for something else to make us stronger. We should be looking to, understand that we can make ourselves stronger even without it like why we don't need it it didn't it didn't grant us power it just gave us the ability to use power we already had but didn't know we had yeah that like strengthness within type thing yeah so like i i think it's it's aramis on one hand being like the elixir are better than what they think they are and i i she Honestly, the biggest comparison I can draw here is Aramis, I think, sees the Elixir people as like drug addicts, essentially. Like they all oh, feel yeah. like they need this thing to be yeah. complete, to be better. And she's she's trying to say, like, no, 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 f- fuck that thing. Like, no, we I've we never are I've never thought need. of it like that, but that's that's pretty apt, man. That's because, because you think about it, like every single Lixney really does like worship this thing, and I mean the whole long drift. They literally were chasing this thing across the universe. Mm-hmm. Man, and then for Aramis to see it as like, no, 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 this is you're all crazy. You're all addicted to this thing. Man, that's a thought. So holy it, shit. Okay, it, you know, adds another layer of of hatred of blame, I guess. Because, you know, to, to anyone that has a, a someone they're close with that is uh, struggling with something like that, uh, you know, the, the thought process at some point is like, man, I wish, 
you know, this substance just didn't exist. Like, or or you direct, you know, the, the hatred is directed at this thing that is messing up the life of this other, of this person, you know, and like, I think she's viewing it through that, that same kind of lens. God, that just, that got real, real quick. Holy shit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That, that was okay. You're going to make me cry this episode, aren't you? I mean, there, there's nothing, I don't think, anything quite as, <laughs> quite as, uh, as somber as what we've had in, in previous episodes, but we'll see. I hope not. But that, that's a thought, though, like to think of, to think of the Traveler itself as an addiction, as a, as a drug to the elixir people, that they are, they were so enthralled with it when it, when it did bring out that strength within them that now they, they can't think of anything else. Like that's all they can focus on now. That is, that is, that's, that's the definition of addiction. Holy shit. Mm hmm. Wow. And it, okay. It really makes you wonder, like, Oh my God! Maybe she's are not we in, wrong. Are we? I mean, are the guardian? Holy shit! <laughs> so we're just we're just gonna leave that little, little yeah bombshell there. Yup. <laughs> uh, and move on to chapter three of this book, which is entitled "The Traitor," and it goes like this: On the day of the prison break, Aramis is nursing a gut wound. It's not fatal. Or at least she doesn't think so. She won the match in the arena, but not before an arrogant captain drove a sword into her side. It cut through her devil robes and left a bloom of blood that reminds her of the water flowers on Reese. Aethris had loved water flowers. She's dozing when Varix arrives at her cell. Aramis. She opens her eyes and then narrows them immediately. Despite the wound, she stands, too quick, gets a little dizzy, but steps towards the cell door. Traitor, she says in greeting. Varix flinches. He shakes his head, lowers his eyes. Even with the door between them, she can see his fear. There is change to come, he says quietly in Elixni, and then looks over his shoulder. His eyes dart back and forth, fearful, suspicious. He switches suddenly to the clumsy language of the guardians. Change Varix will make, yes. Change Varix will lead. But Varix, too. We'll need a leader. Aramis laughs. You wish to make me your prisoner, Kel? No, Varix cringes. Varix wishes. I do not care what you wish, Varix the Loyal, she says. There are Elixni who changed in the shadow of prison bars. They fall. They shrink. But Aramis has grown. She must show Varix that even with this steel between them, he is smaller. He is still a dreg pretending to be a vandal. If there is justice in this world, one day I will dock your last two arms and leave you for dead. Something in Varix's eyes harden. They share a tense silence. 
And finally, he says in a voice as cold as ether, Do not say that Varix did not try to help. And he leaves. And Aramis settles herself again on the floor of her cell. Later that day, an alarm sounds. The warden projects a message in Varix's voice, and the doors of her cell open, unprompted, as frenzied Elixni and Cabal charge through the prison, thirsting for freedom. And that's the end of that chapter. I mean, he tried. Mm-hmm. He, he tried to give her an avenue. But, I mean, I, I guess when you're that... Uh, self-dependent, uh, and and also looking at at Varix the traitor, like that's that's literally what every Elixni. And <laughs> I guess I guess I never really put these two things together. Every Elixni really sees Varix as a traitor. Oh yes. But then Varix himself sees him as like the only true remaining Elixni. So I mean, and those two line those two line of thinking don't coincide they're very so it's no wonder that like when he put out his call to like hey everyone come join house judgment we got snacks and cake and shit and everyone's like mm, nah i'm good how about how about how about chaos let's let <laughs> chaos reign for a bit yeah let's do that <laughs> so yeah it's it's i i i I see both sides of it here, right? Like I see Varric's like, you know, he's he's so ready to make the Elixni great again and and to make them well not great again, to to return them to their kind of former like golden age. I and and I don't know is, is it ever said that Varric's is is more of a traveler follower or more of a like Reese uh let's be old school Elixni again? follower um it doesn't really specify i get the feeling that he's not necessarily pro traveler but he's also not hateful towards it like aramis is sure he just wants it's need to go back to their culture sure of the golden age sure well, or or even pre golden age, yeah. Like he yeah. he wants that level of like, hey, there should be a house rain, there should be a house stone, there should be, you know, we should be Elixni again. We don't we don't necessarily need the traveler, but the traveler isn't necessarily pure evil. Like it's it's neither here nor there thing for him. Okay, but then obviously Aramis on the other side of this, like, no, to hell with that thing. I'd, and and right. then to look at him, it, to for for him to offer her, like, hey, I've got a spot for you in my rising uprising thing. Come join me. And she's like, you go to hell. And he's like, all right, well, you know, I tried. And yep. then walks away and and lets everyone free. Yeah. And uh, so we're gonna take a quick break from the ship stealer book. Because there is something that happens between chapter three and chapter four, where actually our player character is introduced to Aramis for the very first time. Uh, And this takes place during a mission called Zero Hour. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay. I may not cry this episode, but I may get super excited. So the, the Zero Hour mission was a secret mission uh very similar to like the whisper of the worm mission 
um, that was was started by discovering uh, a fallen transponder. And uh, that transponder, uh, you had to find, you had to activate the nodes on that transponder um, by going to different areas and, and completing objectives. I forget exactly what the process was. It was uh, it was a bunch of lost sectors. You had to go to different lost sectors, okay, yep. uh, and do something in the lost sector. I think most of them were just like you know beat the lost sector, but I think some of them were like beat the lost sector while having a rocket launcher or something equipped, and it would change, it would change the code or something like that. Yeah. But uh, once you activated all of the transponders on this this uh, signal device, uh, you got a message essentially from Mithrax that was telling the player guardian uh, that there is danger in the old tower, and uh, to meet Mithrax uh, at a, a location. That location being the farm, which was a social space in Destiny 2 for a little while. Uh, we see a little bit of the perspective of Mithrax um, about this in the uh, lore card for the Outbreak Perfected gun, which is coincidentally what you get from completing the Zero Hour mission. So the, the lore on the gun reads like this the captain stands with his primary hands braced on a command table he stares down at a static hollow projection as though it might reveal some new secret nearby the hunter combs through scout reports the warlock taps rapidly at a data pad running simulation after simulation no one speaks there is a deafening boom the hollow projection flickers, and the whole skiff tilts 70 degrees off kilter. The captain holds tight to the table, reaching out with the secondary arm to snatch the hunter as he goes toppling by. The warlock is not a concern. She has blinked her way to a secure handhold. The captain calls to his crew, speaking elixni too fast for the hunter or the warlock to follow. But someone calls back. The skiff tilts nauseally and then stabilizes. Aramis? the warlock asks. The captain nods. Letting go of the hunter, he disappears through an access hatch to consult with his crew. I don't like this, the hunter says lowly. We should be there with him. The warlock chews on her lower lip. She doesn't like it either, but they've argued endlessly with their captain and gained no ground. We have to trust him, she says finally. This is what he wants. Trust him to die, the hunter hisses. Let's break down how stupid that is. Not only does he want to infiltrate the tower without us, he's planning to wear devil's colors to interrupt a devil's heist to reclaim Siva. And instead of leaning on us, his good guardian friends, he's banking on some stranger. Not a stranger, the warlock cuts in. Fine. Not a stranger, but definitely not a friend. The hunter grits his teeth. We should do it. We need to do it. Let's just go. Just go now. We can cut them off. He conjured his ghost with a twist of his wrist, readying for transmat. We have to trust him, the warlock repeats, reaching out to grasp the hunter's forearm. I think he's right when he says it doesn't mean anything if we do it. 
Guardians do extraordinary things all the time, and he needs more allies. The captain re-enters their little ad hoc war room, and they draw up guiltily. The hunter hides his ghost. All well? he asks, looking between them. Yeah, Mithrax, the warlock murmurs. We're all good. The hunter says nothing. We walk this hardship path with joyful hearts. Be brave. And that's the end of that lore card. That, that, the Mithrax in this lore card is definitely that um, post um, Ido Tomb Mithrax. Like yes. he's, He's very like he very much has that air about. He still has a little bit of the old ways in him, right? Like that whole like the captain of his crew, and he's 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 mm-hmm. still like he he doesn't necessarily trust the guardians, but he doesn't necessarily not trust them. But this is this is very much a um, yeah. I I oh, God, I just want to talk about zero hour because that mission was <laughs> fucking awesome. Uh, but yeah, this. This this is very much a a, um, a a Mithrax that is wanting to make make good for his people and 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 I like the way that the Guardians put it there like Guardians do extraordinary things all the time like it's nothing it, it really is nothing to the Elixney people if we go do something super cool and super crazy but if an Elixney does it now that means something now that's a that's a sign that's a so. So for Mithrax wanting to do that, I, I can see both sides. But again, like I said, seeing the hunter and the and the warlock side, like, hey, we could just go help. Let's just go get whatever he needs for him and take care of this. But then on Mithrax's side of like, hey, I need to do this as as the new um, House of Light, Kel or leader, or whatever, to to show people that House of Light is the is the way to go to show that I can be a Kel to show that I can be a leader. That's that's yeah. That there's something to be said in that. Yeah, and and to give credence to the thought that Mithrax is not an enemy. So the the stranger they're referring to that Mithrax is banking on assisting him with this is us. Is the player guardian? Yeah. Some some random VIP 2014 <laughs> dude. So uh, they they are you know concerned about him trusting a a you know the guardian to assist him in this and not you know fire on sight essentially uh but he's trusting in the fact that we spared him once before and that he is going you know this is going to be a net benefit for everybody if accomplishing the the recovery of this siva weapon which is the outbreak perfected um And the person that is trying to steal this SIVA weaponry is none other than Aramis. Uh, when we go through this mission, which we are going through the ruins of the old Destiny 1 tower, uh, which is really, really cool to do. Um, and, you know, we're, we're traversing through the tower and we, we have to take some, some liberties in how we get to where we need to go. Uh, by going through some ventilation shafts. Yeah. Uh, we have to worry about Trevor. 
Yes, who we, is... we get to fight off, or not fight off, we get to run from Trevor. Run the fuck away from, God, it's so awesome. He's in this little, like, it's it's like a little figure eight maze, right? So that's, it's, I, maybe it's bigger than a figure. Anyway, there's all these little pathways, and there's four switches, and you have to hit all four switches to open a door to continue on. But the whole time, he is literally, he's just a death machine. It's, it's, it's. TR-3V-0R, I think, is his name. So it's Trevor like is, yeah. is what it spells out. And he's literally like, it's just this robot that's on like skids or something with just like mashing teeth in front of it, this grinder of mashing stuff in front of it that as soon as it touches you, you die. And it has this giant red light that like shines down the entire hallway. So you can hear it and you can see it when it gets near, but then there's like, there's nowhere to go. This hallway is like, I mean, it's it's exactly that. It's a hallway. So you have to like duck into these little side patches or crouch underneath these little deals. And it's it's probably one of the coolest experiences that is no longer in game uh, that I do truly miss. It's that that zero hour mission in Trevor was that was something special uh, to get through that. Yeah. And when you get to the end of the mission to you know fight the big boss, the big boss is Aramis. Yeah. I, she she's there to try and reclaim this Siva tech. You know, being from House Devils, she knows about Siva, the Devil Splicers, yep. knows how powerful it is. And having freshly escaped, or or you know, not freshly, but having escaped from the prison of elders, is trying to amass power to you know enact her uh, revenge against the the traveler in some way. And so she hears about the Siva tech and uh, invades the old tower to try and get it. And Mithrax not only warns us and, and tells us where to go because this incursion is happening, uh, he's narratively helping us along the way. Uh, in the mission, not really, but uh, narratively, like he, he does appear in the mission a few times to kind of indicate where we're supposed to be going, that kind of thing. But he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't fire shots or anything. Yeah, but he does. He does hop in at the end, though, doesn't he? Like he drops in and like gives us a bow and yeah, and yeah, yeah. He drops he, out. He makes himself known uh, near near the end of the mission after we've you know kind of fought back Aramis and whatnot. Um, and it's safe to say that we would not have known to be there to fight her if if he had not stepped in. So it uh, played a significant part in that, and. Aramis is not happy about oh no about all of this uh and we actually see Aramis's side of the aftermath of the zero hour mission in the next chapter of Ship Stealer, which is chapter uh four titled the visionary and uh and that one goes like this in the first several months of her freedom, Aramis curses. Misrax the Forsaken. He is a wish to be Kel, a captured traitor, a four-armed dreg, cringing before a false queen, playing pretend among the enemies of the Elixni. And worst of all, the most humiliating, he has beaten Aramis. She has failed to acquire the Siva weapon, failed to shame the guardians, failed to reignite the fires of the House of Devils. And her failure haunts her. 
Now she sits in the bridge of her stolen catch, straight-spined, staring. Staring at some distant point that she has long passed, one she can never return to. Atrax, the youngest of her council, watches her from across the room. She closes the gap between them. Michael, she says. She has a voice like a child. Aramis is quiet for a beat longer than she needs to be. Finally, she says, You are too young to remember the old house. What the devils were before. Atrax bows her head out of respect. This failure has no sting for you. Aramis bites, bitter. Atrax keeps her head bowed, then slowly she raises it. Her eyes dart over Aramis's face, searching. I am too young to remember, she agrees. But my eyes are clear. I can see what the devils will be. Aramis opens her mouth to remind Atrax of her place and then pauses. Something in her mind has unlocked. She stands to her full towering height, stretches her second set of arms. No, she says. Clarity has descended on her like a Reese rain shower. The devils are nothing. She begins to walk out of the room, purpose in her step, fire reignited in her belly. The devils are dead. House of anarchy, house of ruin, house of Aramis. We must become something new now. And that's the end of that reading. Again, we see that that change in in a single elixir, like for Aramis to look at 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 all these failure points. Like obviously pissed at Mithrax for beating her to the punch, but I mean, for for her to see like devils are nothing. Like this this is this is a garbage path. Like we have to change. We have to evolve. We have to become something new. It's it's the same thinking that we thinking that we saw with Spider with with Varix with with the uh, uh, Fickrel. I mean, all of these different elixir that have looked at at what is happening to them and around them and going, we suck. We are not gaining any type of headway. We're not. We're not making our people greater again. We're. We're just. We're failing horribly. Something has to change, and for Aramis to see that and to and to and to act on it and be like, okay, we we must become something new. I. I. It's. Yeah, I like it. It's. It's. Yeah, I like it. That's all there is. She. She is in her own way. Uh, saying we need to cast aside the old houses. We need to stop trying to revive these, uh, you know, these relics uh, that we assigned ourselves when we first got to the soul system. We need to start making things. We need to start building things. That is interesting too, right? Because like the whole time that the whole time that from from Reese that. So, so the whole timeline from like from Reese 
to the Golden Age, to the Traveler leaving, to the Whirlwind, to the Long Haul. That whole time, starting with the Traveler, they're always trying to like go back. Every every, every Lickstein we've come across is trying to like go back to the old ways, go back to the, the, the – why can't it just be like this? And now – Throughout and 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 it's it's more recent history that this has started to happen more like around the the um, forsaken time frame and forward where we're starting to see a lot of these elixir look at this and go no there that there's got to be a better way like probably the only one that's really truly kind of still clinging to that idea would be Varix to to be like the old school elixir but every other elixir that has come forward and said a change needs to happen. They, it's not that they're completely abandoning the old ways or the old cultures or anything, but they 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 know that they have to move forward as a people, as a species, as a race. They they can't just keep living in the past of oh man, I wish we were like the way we were on Reese. That was awesome, wasn't it? Yep. Okay. Well, I guess I'm gonna go get killed by a guardian today. Bye, Bob. Like they can't keep living that way. They've got to they've got to evolve. They've got to become something new. And each one of these different uh, leaders, and I put that kind of in quotations, um, uh, are, are trying to find what that new thing is, what that change is. Yeah, and uh, as Aramis makes this decision to you know cast away, to no longer be bound by her old house, the House of Devils. Uh, she has some some subconscious reservations about that uh, that we actually see in the next chapter titled The Nightmare. Um, and it goes like this. As she dissolves the old bonds of House of Devils, Aramis is haunted by the shadowed dreams. In one... She relives Twilight Gap. She lunges, driving a sword into the belly of a guardian, grunting as they yell and crumble forward. Another guardian rushes at her head-on before she has time to yank the sword free. But she hears the sound of a shock rifle firing behind her, and leans abruptly to the right as the shot flies by and hits the guardian before her with full force. She looks back to see Cretus, shimmering with the purple glow of the void as her servitor shields her. Cretus tips her head in acknowledgement of Aramis and turns to fire into another cluster of guardians. Aramis rips her sword free and forges ahead. They're closing in on the city now. Guardians are falling all around her. They're so close. Fast, heavy footfalls come up behind her. Phylaxis. Ferocious and bloodthirsty, shouts to Aramis as she attacks a towering, broad-shouldered guardian. Aramis ducks and slides out of the way. As Phylaxis makes contact with the guardian's head, Aramis slashes the beast across his his side with her sword. He loses his balance and she kicks his hip, tipping him towards Phylaxis. In these days... Phylaxis was almost always fighting with bare hands, and she breaks his neck. Aramis pushes forward. So close. A ferocious laugh erupts to her right, and then the thundering blast of a scorch cannon. Tanix, a blur of whirring machinery, creates explosions of earth and flesh and blood all around them. And he keeps laughing. So close. But then... 
before her a blinding flash of gold. She sees Elixni burst into flame and ash around her as gun fires one shot after another. Pools of shining light are the only trace of the victims. The guardian wielding it is like a tiny sun. Another shot, Cretus's servitor. Another, Cretus herself. Aramis remembers losing, but she does not remember this. Doesn't remember seeing Phylaxis evaporate into blowing ash. Doesn't remember the shot that hits her in the chest, or the burning fire that explodes through her limbs, or her own terrified scream. And she wakes with a jolt. Breathless. That's the end of that chapter. Ball! <laughs> Shivers! Ball! <laughs> Uh, well, that's all I have. <laughs> so obviously these, these events didn't actually happen the way they, they are described here, right? Like, um, Phylax and, and Cretus, none of them were with her there at Twilight Gap, correct? Um, it's, po- I think some of them were, I think Cretus at the very least was, but I don't think they died at Twilight Gap. Right. And well, cause obviously like, like. Phylax is, is was in the prison next to her, right. and obviously Tan- now Tanix is. All right, I'll give you that one. He might have actually died, but anyway, that's Tanix. That's a temporary uh, yes. state for Tanix. <laughs> I still my favorite meme is the is the name three Destiny bosses, and the guy turns around and he goes Tanix, and the other guy goes, "All right, that's on me." <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, but I mean to have that that this this is very much like her seeing uh, i i think of this as like a like a symbolic way of her seeing her own dreams fail like to see the people around her just failing and 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 falling and like it it's it's obviously terrifying to think of that to think of life that way and it's 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 hard to move past it like that's that's a that's definitely it's definitely a terrifying thing here throughout this whole thing like to think that one single guardian this tiny little sun can just evaporate everything around them with just you know just shot after shot after shot but that's that's the reality that she lives in that's that truly is like that that's a that's a thing that could happen everything that she knows and 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 believes in could be taken away from her just like that a single golden gun just pop 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 there went there went three of her you know three of her closest allies and then pop there she goes and that's it um so yeah that's a that's a i mean a definite fear on her side yeah and i think it's it's very purposeful that this is a dream that's playing into this fear and this like inferiority and this inevitability of trying to fight guardians uh and she describes this or or it's described as uh being haunted by shadowed dreams yeah i want to remember that being haunted by shadowed dreams and these are not dreams that she's remembering things exactly how they happened they're dreams that are taking events and twisting them to to show kind of this powerlessness of her so remember that when we read the very next one, which is titled The Herald, and see where that thought process takes you. So The Herald goes like this. 
The dreams persist. They are old memories, but twisted, battling a guardian in the prison of elders and falling before their light. Athras banging on the walls of her sleeping pod, calling for the great machine. She can't sleep. Something in the dreams is telling her to travel to Earth's moon, and she follows the sign. On the moon, she fights through corpse-stinking hive like swarms of flies. Their fetid stench is unbearable, worse than the carcass piles at the prison, worse than the battlefield of Twilight Gap. They eat and breathe death, and she resents their breath upon her, so she cuts through them like so much tall grass. A knight stalks her deep into the catacombs, staying on the edge of her hearing, matching her footsteps. She lets it make the first strike, and when it does, she cracks its exoskeleton armor with her sword. The thrill of the fight, hearing the knight howl as it meets death, is almost comforting, a reprieve from her unsettling dreams. She's painted with hive blood as she continues her advance, and when she finally comes upon the ship, a familiar sight causes her to freeze in her tracks. She remembers this fleet. She remembers seeing them in the sky like black arrows. She remembers the space where the great machine was, and then the blank space where it wasn't. It was all a lesson in dependence, one that took many years to learn. This time, the black arrow speaks to her. She knows it's not Elixni. It is not the clumsy tongues of earth, nor the littling speech of the reef. It's something else. A whisper. But one that is so loud, but somehow understood so perfectly. Stop waiting, it says. No one is coming for you. You must be your own salvation. She feels something in all four of her hands, a tingle, a buzz. It reminds her of the broken arc spear. She clenches and unclenches her fists, staring at the sleek surface of the ship. There's power here, power that she can grasp. But not yet. A waking dream strikes her like lightning. She's transported. The bleak gray dust of the moon falls away, and she stands in a white plain of whipping ice and snow. It blinds her, chases her breath away. And then she's on the moon again, and the whispers are silent. And she knows where she must go next. And that's the end of that chapter. Salvation! Yeah. This is, this is, this is awesome. This is awesome to see, like, there, there's, there's a lot of obvious things here, or at least I, I feel like there's a lot of obvious things here. Um, the darkness is, is talking to her. The darkness is feeding her those dreams because that's, and we've talked about this before. The whole thing with darkness is memory. Like it plays into the memory. That's the whole thing. That's, that's, that's why Savathun had us get the, the piece of the glaive. So that way we, we would take it to the, to the forge. That way it would remember what it was and we could draw out the memories of the glaive and, and continue on. Um, Cause that's the, that's the whole thing with, that's, that's the whole thing with darkness is, 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 
memory. Whereas like the light is like making you forget, like you, you get rezzed with nothing, complete amnesia. You're a brand new person, start over from scratch type thing. Um, and so for the darkness to play these nightmares for her, uh, for Aramis, uh, and to, to twist them, right. To show them that she is weak without whatever it is that she's looking for, whatever it is that, that, that in this, in this case, the darkness feels like it can give her the, the salvation, uh, uh, and so, of course, it, it draws her to the moon, shows her where uh, she comes across the, the pyramid ship in the moon, and then it shows her another pyramid ship on a on a icy, wispy uh, planetoid, uh, which I assume is Europa. Like, that's kind of, I feel like that's a little too on point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, yeah, that's darkness. That's. That's that's darkness for you. Yep. It is it is just showing her like look at how powerless you are. Look at look yeah. at how insignificant your efforts are. Stop waiting for someone to save you. Take the power to save yourself is is essentially the the temptation it's giving her. Yeah. Um, and and so she knows now like there is power to be had. But not yet. Like there there is power coming that I need to prepare for. Um, and that shows her Europa is the place to, to do that, to, to prepare for it. And, uh, and she does, but interestingly, like, and, and this, this is something I've always liked about Aramis's character, even though I don't think it's focused on nearly enough in, in game, at least at the end of the day, Aramis still wants what she thinks is best for her people. Like she wants revenge. Absolutely. She wants revenge. She hates the traveler. She, you know, wants to harm it in some way and, and the agents of the traveler. But a big motivation for her is also to make a better place for her people. Yes, absolutely. She's maybe not going about that in a way that we agree with, but that is her end goal. Uh, and we, we see that on Europa. We, we see that with what is built there. Yes. All of Reese Reborn. Like that's, I mean, it's called Reese Reborn for a reason. Yeah. So we, uh, we kind of see the, the initial building of that in the next chapter here, which is titled The Scribe, uh, and it goes like this. Aramis and Varix stand in the shadow of a half-constructed city. Her people have salvaged bits and pieces from the Elixni hideouts across the system and lashed them into the ruins of a Golden Age facility, building something new from something old. It's elixny flesh on the bones of humanity's failure, nestled in the icy tundra of Europa. She watches Varix's face as he looks up. There's something familiar there, an awe that she remembers from a long time ago. It will be a new Reese, she says, raising her eyes to the scaffolding before them. A new home for our people. No more running. 
No more living on the outskirts. Varix looks away, finally, to meet Aramis's eyes. What of the devils? He speaks elixiny. It surprises her. Old names, she says, dismissive. Leave the old names and the old ways in the past. Just as she remembers, Varix doesn't let his awe stand in the way of practicality. His gaze has turned appraising. And why choose this place? Why choose this frozen moon? I saw it in a dream. She can feel his skepticism. She doesn't blame him. Actually, since the prison break, he's been hiding somewhere. Some forgotten corner of the system, waiting for his own judgment to come. He gifted his people with freedom, and then built himself a cell of isolation. He can't see beyond what he thinks he knows. And why do you call for me? he asks. There's a hardness in his voice. After everything, we are not allies, Aramis. Old ways, she says again. If the Elixni are to survive, we need to abandon all memory of division. Petty squabbles, house politics. I want to wipe it all clean. She looks up at the scaffolding again. This will be a new world, Varricks. New ideas, new stories. We will be known and remembered as something new. Varix follows her gaze. Now his voice has softened. And why me? Aramis turns to face him fully now. He fears her still. She sees it in the hunch of his shoulders, the way he turns his face to the side as if looking at her head-on would hurt his eyes. In the new world, she says, I will need a scribe. And that's the end of that chapter. I love it. I, 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 I love it for lots of reasons, but I think the main thing that I love this entry for is to it 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 Aramis seems to finally be I don't, I don't know how to how to put it like it she seems to finally be taking control of her own destiny but it's kind of false that like the 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 darkness showed her this but it, it it's not it god it's 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 not her destiny I don't feel like but it is so it's it's it, it like I don't know everything I know of Aramis today now currently all of this stuff seeing seeing the way she she went through this stuff it it just seems like she really was destined to be I don't want to say controlled by darkness but definitely led by darkness yeah it's it's one of those things where I think if Aramis had decided to build Reese Reborn and bring on Varix as as a scribe, as a, a council member or whatever. Um and just her her plan was 
we are going to make this work. We are going to live here and make our, our own little civilization in this corner of the soul system. And she abandoned, as she says, as she had abandoned the old ways or her old ideas of needing to have power and needing to have the ability to avenge past losses. I think Reese Reborn could have turned into an Elixni society. Absolutely. I, I don't know if it would have had peaceful relations with the tower, but I don't know that the tower would have necessarily tried to like burn out Reese Reborn if they were just, just stayed to themselves, you know? You're right. Like, like why go after something that isn't a threat? Or, or maybe, maybe not something that isn't a threat. Why go after something that isn't actively seeking to attack you? But with Air, but like what you're saying with Aramis's ideas of still wanting that revenge, of that still being the driving thing behind her wanting to make the Elixir people great again. That that really is like the whole. I don't want to say downfall of Reese Reborn, but that's that's that really is what's kind of like what's holding her back. And th- this is an interesting topic for, because we, you know, Aramis becomes, no- you know, I guess spoilers, Aramis becomes known as the Kell of Darkness. Everyone should be aware of that at this point. Um, Mithrax is the Kell of Light, of House Light. And darkness is always has been about memory has been about remembering those that have tried to take advantage of you in the past those that have wronged you in the past uh ikora explains in in the collector's edition stuff of uh of witch queen um explains that like the light provide the white the light wipes memory to provide people the opportunity to put old conflicts behind them and approach people with a grace and forgiveness they may not otherwise have. And the dark is memory so that when somebody does wrong you or tries to take advantage of you, you can remember it from that moment on to not be taken advantage of again. That's such a... That's such a... That's such an exacting thing, right? Like, it, like to to be forced to remember, hey, that guy, that guy screwed you. Remember that. I mean, that all that's gonna do is is like I I don't want to say the darkness is hatred and bad, but no, I mean it it's because <laughs> it's it's like the same thing that the guardian is asked. Like, are you good? Like, light isn't inherently good, and darkness isn't inherently bad. It just that's what gets assigned to them or like, you know, the guardian's like, well, I hope so. I, I hope, I think I'm good. Like it's, it's, I, God, it's such a, I just find it interesting. The philosophies of the two Kells kind of match with the philosophies presented by Ikora for the four, for the, you know, the powers, yeah. the forces, you know, you have Mithrax, Kell of light, who is offering unconditional forgiveness for the yeah. sake of trying to have, to, to make something better. And the Kell of Darkness 
is stuck on this idea of we need power to defend ourselves from those that yeah. have wronged us before. And and this 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 is the moment, this lore card, where if Aramis had taken the other route, if Aramis had said, you know what, I'm not interested in finding power. I I want to trust that I can build something without having to, you know, have an arms race, essentially, to to be able to defend it. I I feel like Reese Reborn like would have been it. Would have been yeah. the the big Elixir revival. Yep. But it, I mean, even even in a real world example, it's really hard and, and to and and understandable for let's say a country. You know, if we if we assume the Reese Reborn takes on the role of of a sovereign nation of sorts, it would be unthinkable for a nation to pop into the the global you know world the the global sphere and be and say like we're not going to have a military force we're not going to have any means of defending ourselves we're just going to trust that our neighbors will leave us alone and and leave us to our own best interest like conventional wisdom says that's a bad idea you're not just gonna like pop into existence like you said and just not have a way to defend yourself in a world of crazy amounts of power so it it truly is hard to be like well we're just going to exist and we just want to exist peacefully it's just that's it's so hard that's the thing i don't think is communicated well in game about aramis is that what she did her her whole like from from a from a militaristic standpoint from a like cultural perspective standpoint of how to deal with global or i guess in her case system wide politics she made a lot of the right moves except she became an aggressor like it, but she gathered power to defend this newly formed city these newly formed people with the intention i think at least at the beginning of keeping them safe yep. and got a little greedy with it and decided to try and use it offensively. And, you know, we ended up where we did, but yeah, no, that's, I, that's, I, I love when we, when we find real world parallels in, in game and, and that truly does. It makes me think of Israel. It, it, it makes me think of this nation that, that comes up and says, Hey, we, we want to exist peacefully. We've, we've, been attacked we've been aggressed against like we just want to be like can is is that is that is that a state that can exist and then to be like okay well if we want to be we want to be defended and so then it obviously escalates from there it's it's yeah it's uh, it's 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 creepy to see that there are parallels uh, uh, from from lore cards and and characters and events and destiny to our obviously the real world and 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 the current state of the world, but it's also kind of like a a, a little like telling, right? Like it's like look at your own selves, try to learn from this. Like it's I I don't know. It's it's such a oh, I don't know. I don't know, yeah. man. <laughs> so bring it back into the 
the lore bits again. I, uh, you know, Aramis is building the city. She's got Varix on board who has essentially isolated himself up till this point. You know, he, he freed all the Elixni that were in the prison of elders. He freed his people, um, but built himself a, a prison of isolation as, as Aramis describes. And she's trying to bring him back into the fold, trying to be, you know, trying to, to say like, we have common, we have the common goal of wanting our people to flourish. So help me with this, like be a part of my, my group that, that, you know, is, is trying to uh, make this happen. And, um, we, uh, we see next Aramis connecting with another old friend of hers. I, uh, in lore card titled The Council. And that one goes like this. There's a bloody grin in Phylax's voice as she clasps Aramis's hand and pulls her close to her chest. Cretus stands behind Phylax, tall and ethereal. They're exactly as Aramis remembers. Phylax chuckles. I always said no prison will hold her. Aramis laughs, easy and familiar. It's as if nothing has changed. She's transported back to her House of Devil's days, the days of assignments in the darkest, grimest parts of her old stomping grounds, the Cosmodrome, with no one but these two for company. They laid waste to memories of encroaching houses, raised human settlements to the ground, dreamed about the day they could challenge and strike down their own kel to take up the mantle for themselves. But Cretus looks behind Aramis, not at her, and soon Phylax does the same. Her eyes narrow. She lurches forward past Aramis to grab Varix by his neck. Traitor dreg! Phylax hisses and spits, cringing little. Varric scrambles and kicks like a creature in a trap. Phylax, he gasps. Praxis and Atrax stand to the side, waiting to meet the veterans of the old house. They watch without concern, though Praxis looks pleased. They do not intervene. Phylax tightens her fist. Let him go, Aramis says. Phylax looks at Aramis and then drops Varix. She says nothing, but Aramis can feel her disapproval. Cretus's too. Doubt creeps into their mind. His crimes are undeniable, Aramis says, dismissive. She doesn't look at Varix, but hears his tortured breathing as he scrambles back. But he's all that remains of House Judgment. You've no special love for scribes, Cretus says skeptically. Aramis inclines her head. No, but a scribe who could draw the ear of the reef, Elixni. Phylax grunts in understanding, but still looks unimpressed. She returns to Cretus's side. Cretus, on the other hand, looks pleased. Clever, she says. Before they can question her further, Aramis changes the subject. But I didn't call you here for politics. She gestures with one of her secondary arms. Come, let me show you what we've built. And that's the end of that chapter. It's like, it's like the meeting of minds, right? It's like every, yeah. every big name, like 
Aramis, Phylax, Cretus, uh, Varix is there. There were two others there, and I'm trying to find them again. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, oh, Atrax, Praxis, like there's all these big names, Elixnes. Or I, I mean, it, it it's everyone. And and some of these, um, and for some reason, every time I hear Phylax, I'm remembering. Like Phylax, the Defiled. Was that a? Was he? W- did we face him in the arena in Challenge of Elders in D one? It was Psylocke, the Defiled. Psylocke. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay, that's what I'm remembering. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm glad you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you remember that because I was. I kept for some reason I kept connecting those in my brain. Uh, again that's what my brain does it sounds familiar it's the same thing but yeah it's literally like this meeting of like all the great uh all all the all the big names uh elixir that are still around uh and they're all you know they're you know patting each other on the back like hey my man Cretus, let's go what's up man like and and then to see varix the traitor like fuck that guy he needs to die <laughs> but yeah but for aramis to be i mean she really did take she she's showing a leadership skills here to be like hey there's a little bit of aggression there she understands it let it let it kind of happen get it out of the way and then be like hey this is this is why he's important you know whether you like to and 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 the fact that her you know let him go and and phylax does like it's that that gives more credence to her leadership to them respecting her as a leader so yeah i i still think again thinking back to 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 our discussion on the previous card if she had not fully given in the darkness this would have been a this would have been a wonderful place yeah reese reese reborn would have been reborn like it would have been reese reborn it would have been great like i it just it's it's i don't know it's it's sad now to think of the state that that it could have been or the state that it is and versus the state that it could have been no absolutely um and we kind of we we see kind of the fate of reese reborn sealed with the very next chapter which is titled The Kell of Darkness. And it says this. When the obsidian ship descends on Europa, Aramis is prepared. Her counsel by her side, Varix, Phylax, Cretus, Praxis, and Atrax, she greets its arrival with bated breath. The foreign whispers return. This time, they say, Do not wait to be chosen. Choose for yourself. Choose salvation. Aramis boards the ship and chooses strength. And it is in this moment, as she holds this cold, ancient power in her hands, that house salvation is born. And that's the end of that card. That's it. That's that. That's that right there seals Aramis's fate. Like she, she is forever from this point on. She is forever driven by greed and and revenge and the memory. Right, like that's the the memory of wanting to be rid of the traveler to to take revenge on it. Like it's mm-hmm. yeah. 
So with that, yeah. that is where we're going to end our episode uh, this evening. Okay, so one last uh, head count on houses. Uh, we've got House of Salvation <laughs> now. Uh, we've got House of Light. And then, do we still have House of Judgment? Are we still counting that as a... I don't really think House of Judgment turned into anything. Um, I, it really I, didn't. It just kind of got like absorbed. I mean... But was House Judgment always the scribes? I, I think so. And, and Aramis refers to Varix as the last of House Judgment. So I guess maybe it's still there. Um, yeah, one one man fight. Yeah, yeah, one man house. So we'll we'll say light, salvation, judgment, and uh, dusk is still kind of around. Not everyone picked a side. Some are just on their own trying to you know survive. Oh, um, and and house merchandising, <laughs> and house merchandising. Yes, <laughs> house brand deal. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> wasn't ready for that one <laughs> i like it i like it um all right well uh shoot uh shout outs Do we have any tonight so no direct shout outs tonight um and say all which you know we we took a week off it's to be expected yeah there's a bit of a lull which is fine uh we did have a, a couple of people reach out and you know wishing us a good Thanksgiving holiday. I thank you very much for that. I hope you all had absolutely uh, as good of a time off as as we did. Um, and I played know, lots of board games, and it was awesome. Yes, that is a fine way to spend a holiday. Uh, but we're we're excited to be back and to uh, most likely finish out our Elixni series with uh, the next episode. Um, and you know, see where the new season takes us. And uh, oh my god, I'm so excited! Yeah. So, I uh, just thank you again to everyone that is, uh, you know, tunes in and and listens to to these as we put them out, and um, you know, is kind enough to leave leave reviews and such, whether you you leave a message with it or not. I uh, I think last I looked, we were sitting at. 4.8 on apple podcasts uh with 50 reviews which is great uh Hell spotify yeah. we were sitting at 4.9 with uh 111 it's just awesome i love it thank you so much i freaking love it you guys are you, you guys are awesome thank you um well uh i there is one kind of surprising bit of news uh twitter still exists <laughs> yeah <laughs> I I don't know who the hell is working there, but <laughs> we'll see for how much longer. But yeah, <laughs> I, do do we still do we still want to direct people to our Twitter or or are we directed it's, them to both? It's or? a perfectly fine place. Uh, so yeah, if you want to uh, reach out and leave a note or have a question or something like that, you can contact us for as long as it still exists uh, <laughs> over on Twitter uh, at miss and stories um spelled with a z the same way the title of the show is uh, and we check that you know as as time allows and and try and respond so and, yeah. and as long as it's still active <laughs> and as long as it's still there I'd, yeah i have i have no idea how it's still running like it's automation is king i guess <laughs> I, I don't know i am convinced uh, that one day i'm going to try and log in and it's just going to be a 404 error and i'll be like well yep. saw that coming there it went <laughs> There it went. Bye. 
<laughs> all right. Um, all right. Well, uh, I guess I got to give a thank you. Uh, I, I, I'll, I'll thank Aramis. I mean, without Aramis, like we, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have gone after Outbreak. I don't think. Uh, and Outbreak's a fantastic little pulse rifle. Like the story behind Outbreak Perfected and, and the previous Outbreak Prime, like. Oh my God! You want to you want to go look into a rabbit hole of questing? Go check out the original D1 Outbreak Prime quest. Like it, that was. Oh my God! I never had a chance to do it. I never did it myself. But holy shit, that was a complicated one. Yes. Um. So yeah. So thanks, Aramis, for I don't know, maybe not for like giving into darkness, but for wanting more for your people and bringing us Outbreak. Yeah. We're not bringing it to. I mean, we stole it before she could steal it. So, <laughs> you know, you know, whatever. Thanks, Trevor. There we go, Trevor. <laughs> Trevor gets a thanks too for killing me mercilessly over and over and over again. All right. Well, uh, anything else, Myth? That's it. All righty. Well, then, from all of us lore nerds to all of you guardians out there, we'll see you next time.